Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. It's another week, another episode of Star Chat, bringing music to your ears. Not literally, of course. Blake Jarwin joins the podcast today, and we'll ask Blake Jarwin if he should be getting more snaps than Jason Witten. Kind of. <laughs> With Jared Sandler, I am Ari Temkin. It's Star Chat. You can always tweet us at Ari Sports at Jared Sandler, and of course, make sure to always be. Turning it on, leaving it on 105.3 The Fan, of course, listening uh, and reading and watching 105.3thefan.com. Oh, you! this is where I, now I, I, I didn't you're, know. You're not, you're not great at choreography. No. Remember like five seconds ago when you're I was like, like hey, I'm just jump this. on yeah, in. Yeah. So, you know, we were we were talking off air. Uh, despite that lack of chemistry moment, <laughs> I feel like we have good chemistry and we have lots of conversations off air. So on the 105.3 The Fan website, which you all should go to uh, every five minutes or so. There's always great content. <laughs> every uh, I actually, four and a half minutes. I actually posted a video. I mean, uh, I don't know when this podcast, when you're going to listen to this podcast, but on Friday, posted a video to the website, briefly discussing, it was like a six, seven minute discussion of the quarterbacks you would take over Dak and the quarterbacks you would take Dak over, whom over you would take Dak, whatever the grammar is. For the next five years, okay, uh, and 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 you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting conversation because I think you can make arguments. To me, Joe Flacco, Flacco, uh, uh, oh man, Nathan He's, Peterman and yeah. Stephen Peterman, and well, the next five, all years, the other it's got to be Flacco for yeah. sure. But you know, I think that you've got uh, Mahomes and Wilson to me, who you. you Maybe you can argue that you take Dak over those two, but it's probably a losing argument, and I'd say there's a lot of homerism there. But then I honestly think that you could make arguments for Lamar, Deshaun, or Dak to be number three for the next five years. But anyway, we also do a – Yeah, Russ is 35, by the way. He's actually about to be 30 – or 35. 30, he's 30. He's 30. He's about to yeah. be 31 next right. week. So, and, so yeah, and, five years. That's us thinking 35, 36. Yeah, yeah that's the, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd give it a run there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he's at the top of his game from a mental perspective. Like, he's at an area of his game that Mahomes and Dak can't reach because they don't have that experience level. Right. Which I think is important. Yeah, absolutely. So, what we also do on the podcast or on the website is, you know, a, a, a little sheet, kind of a weekly write-up, Cowboys will win if, Cowboys will lose if, or I think it's it's phrased, the, their opponents will win if. And, you know, a bunch of, of us with the fan will give our thoughts and, you know, sometimes we try to be smart asses with it. Other times take it seriously. And, and, and the smart ass side of it comes because when the Cowboys play the Jets, we write, well, I mean. <laughs> they couldn't the, possibly the, lose that game. The Cowboys will win if they show up and then, you know, they go and lose. But a lot of these games, it's been tough to honestly answer that question with a straight face because they're playing bad teams. Now, last week, uh, or the uh, the Vikings game, that wasn't the case. I mean, that was a, that was a good match of the Saints, but there have been some like the Giants twice, uh, or the you know the the, the they played the Redskins. Yeah, I don't even know. The, yes, yes, played the Redskins. Giants twice, Redskins yeah. Eagles once. Yeah, uh, 
But this is the first time. So I didn't think they were going to beat the Saints. I didn't think they were going to beat the Vikings. I think those are the only two games. Oh, and yeah, those are the only two games I didn't pick them to win. The Packers game I thought was also a, a good matchup. I uh, thought they would win that game, though. Um, but this is the, the first game they've played. And, and even those games, no matter if you thought the Cowboys, Packers, or the Packers, Vikings, Saints, whoever you thought was going to win, I think those were those were certainly winnable games. And not that this isn't, but this is the first game where on the other side of that page, when it says the fill-in-the-blank opponent will win if, I've had the thought of, well, they just kind of need to show up and do their thing. <laughs> And it's not, it's not that right. I think it's lopsided. I just right. think that the Patriots are decisively a better team. Uh, in an environment that they don't lose. They've won 20 straight games in Foxborough. They just don't – under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they don't lose there. Exactly. So uh, – No, they don't really lose anywhere. <laughs> but That's true. Uh, but they play a lot more games at home. You know, they play half their games at home and half their games in other venues. So they're going to win more times than not at home because they win everywhere. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and I just If this game were in Miami, they'd also be favored because they win in Miami a ton also. Well, they don't, though. The Patriots lose in Miami a lot. Really? Yes. If you look at their last like eight years, I think they're they're five and three in Miami, wow. which relatively speaking, considering so this how is, bad so, the should we already start the Cowboys Patriots Super Bowl in Miami preview then? Is I, that what I, we should be yes, doing right now? I think so. Okay, because that's uh, that clearly there's an advantage for the Cowboys in that game. Yeah. Um so Wow, interesting. I guess my point is, I, I think this this is not that I don't think the Cowboys can win because or can't win or, or what? Yeah, whatever. I just I, I, this. I think the Cowboys can win, and I think that you know we'll get into this maybe. I think they're going to have to exploit the Patriots' offensive line to do so. But this is the first game where I think the Cowboys can play a really good game and lose. Whereas if they played a really good game against the Saints, I think they win. If they played a really good game against the Packers, they win. If they played a really good game against the Vikings, and maybe with the Vikings, I'd say if they played a a really good game from start to finish, because I don't think they were terrible against the Vikings. Uh, whereas I think they can play a really good game against the Patriots and lose. Yeah, Patri- and It just and, sucks that they're 6-4. and four. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a must win, of course, but in a sense that if they're, if they're playing more to their potential, then this is more of a, this is a good gauge, but it doesn't really matter. Like, win or lose... There's no really, there's no outcome that really means anything in the grand scheme of things. This is a really talented team that right now needs to be proving it because it's six and four. Right. So, look, I, I, I've picked the Cowboys to win in every game this year, and so I'm six and four also. And I, I don't know why I feel like I'm crazy enough to pick them to win this game because this just seems like the type of game they would win, right? Like it just seems so Cowboys to lose to the Jets and somehow turn around and beat the Patriots. But you know, it's interesting because you so you you just said this. The Cowboys need to exploit the the Patriots' offensive line. Mm-hmm. So, should they blitz? I mean, in what ways do you think? I mean, they, they the Patriots aren't a very good run blocking team. They haven't had a very successful running game. It's almost as if they miss Rob Gronkowski. You know who we forget, even though he's, you know, he's he's a party animal and he's fun. Like, not only is he really really good pass catcher. He's also a ridiculously good blocker, and they just don't have that, obviously, because there's such a drop. I mean, this is a Hall of Fame tight end, I think, because the level he is not just a pass catcher, but as a blocker. Like, they miss him. He was complete. Yeah. In an era where the 
incredible pass-catching threat tight end right. became in vogue, but right. they were the Jimmy Grams who couldn't block. And and I, I think Antonio Gates was a good blocker, not not like Gronk, uh, but you had more guys who were liabilities in that department. Gronk was an absolute man force yeah. catching the ball, but was really good blocking. And that's – so I think – like. Their their run game hasn't been good. You mentioned it. Their offensive line has been good. I think that's it. That's a huge component to this game too, is the Cowboys enforcing their will up front. And the other thing, and, and this is something that Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott talked about this week, and that is, you know, this is such a reactive defense. Like Bill Belichick is, there's no scheme. You know, they're not, they they don't play this style or this kind of a defense like most other teams. Like they just kind of play like, what are you doing? We're going to adjust to and stop whatever you're doing. We're going to take advantage to what, of what you're doing. So you can't. It's hard to prepare for that. That's I think going to be hugely important. Is the Cowboys' offense, you know, staying in front of Bill Belichick and his defense and how he's able to. That's it's. It, he hasn't had great defenses every year he's been in New England, but this is a, this is a really talented defense that maybe hasn't played great competition, and that's why its numbers are so high. But he's still really smart schematically, Belichick, in terms of reacting to what you're doing offensively and then adjusting his defense to to try to stop whatever it is that you've decided to do. So Kellen Moore is going to have to sort of navigate that and how much of that will be in... You know, here's a funny stat. So what do we talk about all the time on first down? You know, in the NFL, the trend says you need to throw the football. And so we get on the Cowboys for running the ball so much on first down. It's not an efficient run down to run on. The Patriots' defense is number one in the NFL in limiting teams against the pass on first down. Brian Broaddus just brought this up on the fan when he was on the Power Hour with KNC Masterpiece. By the way, Brian Broaddus will be joining one. What's your Is Ari your full name or is it short for something? It's Ari. Okay, I thought it's, so. It's I just it. wanted to make sure. That's it. There's um, nothing else. I didn't know if it was like Arnold or like Arvin. What? Arnold? Or, or, it's a horrible name. Or like Timothy. <laughs> it's short uh, for Tim. Timothari. Uh, what a, what a, Aristotle. Is this the biggest free agent acquisition that the fan has made. Uh, I mean, everyone's been yelling at the fan to spend money and they're, you know, why are they not, why are they not going after guys in free agency and uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's true. You know, and um, the Cowboys I'm, have not had a bigger move yeah. than this. No question. There's the Cowboys just sit on their hands and do nothing yeah. in free agency. And here's the fan yeah, stepping just up going and, and making a big, I mean, how about yeah. Brian Broaddus? I I'm, love it. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so Broaddus was saying, like, they're really good against the pass defensively. Of course they are. Like, Belichick is so smart. He sees the entire league trending and passing more on first down, and he's like, okay, we're just going to take that away now. And, like, so this might be a game where the Cowboys should run on first down. Right? Like, this is a game where maybe the things that we've been saying about the Cowboys offensively, maybe they should do more of what they haven't been doing because that seems to indicate what the numbers are going to be are going to tell them. And I think this is what really separates Bill Belichick. I and, and you've heard people talk about it. I think Brian Broaddus talked about it. Michael Lombardi talked about it. I, I think uh, yes. You know, you've had a bunch of people. I'm sure when it's their week to play the Patriots, they talk about it. Is that <laughs> Bill Belichick drafts and acquires players who fit his scheme, and his scheme is that it is a chameleon and that it's going to change week to week. It will change possession to possession. That's why they won the Super Bowl last year. Their not only ability, but it starts with a willingness to spend a week probably geared towards something and then, you know, snap of a finger changing it uh, and not having that stubbornness while being incredibly stubborn towards that mentality. Right. 
uh, of evolution, constant evolution. Absolutely. So, by the way, that's what Greg Popovich does exceedingly well too. Except for he's not doing it now because his team sucks. Well, yeah, yeah, and you still need the players. Uh, but, but the the ability, the chameleon is it's yeah. And so that's I mean it's all it's it's going to be. So okay, it's like a true false question. You know, you're you're playing bar trivia, and you get a true false, and then you get the question, and you know that it's not going to be straightforward. But wait a second. Is it going to be straightforward? But they're going to get you because you think you think it's not going to be straightforward. Well, no, you know, and like when you're right. doing multiple choice, right. well, I just put C. I've had three straight C's. This answer can't be C, <laughs> but it is. So wait, now one of the I, sidebar. I had a teacher in tenth grade. We had a forty question multiple choice, and just to be a total D, Made. all all forty answers were the same letter. No, yeah, because you know when you're in tenth grade, you, that's not going to happen. So anyway. Uh, that's a that's a D move right there. It is back to Bill Belichick. My point is, you're you're constantly thinking. You're trying to be Out one step ahead, yourself. but it's yeah. And but you're right. I, I I think that this is why I don't like the idea that well, you don't need a running back. You, you, there are times you need to run the ball. Uh, the passing game is way more effective than the running game in general. I don't care who you have, unless you have Nathan Peterman, but. There, there is still value here, and maybe it's early on you establish the run, and then that allows you the ability to pass. I, I guess kind of taking this another level, I think I read already the Patriots have allowed four passing touchdowns all season, and what did Dak, Dak has six in his last two games, seven in his last two games. I mean, twenty-one overall. The he's most he's had in a season is twenty-three. Having an awesome year. I mean, people talking about MVP performances. How about doing? something like what he's done the last couple weeks against a team that has prevented that sort of production maybe better than anyone else in the NFL. I, I think this is a really interesting – this is setting up for an interesting narrative because there's always going to be a lot of talk about the quarterback, especially until he wins the Super Bowl. So if Dak – let's say Dak has anything less than a great game, people are going to say, well, he can't do it against the good teams. You know, he couldn't do it against the Patriots, even if he has an average game. Uh and no, you're totally. I mean, and so that, I think the narrative here is really important. Um, not important, but it's 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 interesting. And that is, yeah, that is this is the first week where Dak has sort of burst out of the national scene in, in terms of can he actually win the MVP? Is he really in the conversation? There's been multiple articles, five thirty eight at something, ESPN.com, Ringer, like li- literally the talk shows. They're all like the whole thing nationally. Like we've been talking about good Dak is all year to. Be Mike Fisher for a moment. We've been talking about it all year, but the national guys are finally just on it now. So, like, the timing of this game is so perfect, right? The the week he burst on the scene, and yet it's like, but the Cowboys are 6-4. and four. How You know, he's not with Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, and he's not. But this week, to go into Tom's house and, uh, you know, out-goat the goat when he's down and old finally looking, at least statistically speaking, and yet he's still... He's still the greatest, and so we don't know if he's really down and out. And and this is a great defense, and Dak having the year that he's having. I think I think you're absolutely right. Like the narrative for Dak hangs the balance here. And you know when you think of national narratives, man, Tony Romo never ever shook it. So like this is one of those first impressions for Dak Prescott that like nationally speaking, Tony Romo never ever 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 shook that narrative not just nationally, but locally too, with a lot of people. And I'm not comparing them. I'm just simply saying like the power of those narratives, especially in, in a week like this, 
even though it's just a game, it's just one regular season game out of 16, that stuff matters. That stuff matters. It does. And, yeah, I, I'm i a big Dak supporter. I have been. I don't, I don't, you know, for every quarterback that I feel like I've gotten right, I, there's several. Like, I, I didn't think Lamar Jackson should play receiver necessarily. I think he deserved a chance at quarterback, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here saying that I saw Pat Mahomes as being a stud or Russell Wilson. Uh, but I, you know, I, I've always liked Dak. Uh, and, and I think that had his second year been his first year, then maybe I wouldn't have. But when you see someone like that do what he did his first year and, uh, and, and I, I want this for him. I, I, I really do. I don't, I don't care as much if the Cowboys win. I obviously want them to win, but I want Dak to play well. Uh, but this is a really this is the toughest test arguably he'll face all year when you consider the defense and the environment that you talked yeah. about. Uh, and what's what's Amari Cooper's status? I mean he's going to play, but how good is he going to be? Because Stephon Gilmore doesn't f around. Uh, you're not, and Darius Slay's really good too. Uh, Gilmore's better. Gilmore's better, uh, and the grass. I I don't think I know that like in general the bounce on turf doesn't. Uh, isn't maybe as good long term, but like depending on the type of injury, if if you're not getting that solid footing, the you know he 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 could have he might not have that same burst. You can sometimes have better burst on turf than on grass. I just I'm I'm curious to see how this is. And Michael Gallup, Amari made some interesting comments. You know, saying I think David Hellman tweeted this out. He's like, you know, someone asked uh, Amari about Michael Gallup being a number two, and I thought it was really cool of Amari to be like number two. This guy's a number one. Yes, yeah, so Saad Youssef of The Athletic, he I haven't read his article, but he was probably writing about the emergence of Gallup and how that makes the Cowboys so difficult. So he asked, he actually asked Dak and Amari basically the same question, and the implication was that Michael Gallup was a second wide receiver, and uh, number two, like saying, well, what you know, what is, and and both of them independently corrected him to say, I don't think like both, well, that, they didn't choreograph this. This was separate independent interviews that they could not have gotten together on and the way that the, he implied he's a two and they were like, no, no, he's a one, which I don't know what that means, but he's playing like a one. You know, I, you think of a one traditionally as your ex, you know, the guy that, so you can't have two ones, but they look at, you know, Amari was mic'd up earlier this season and he sort of alluded to, um, with, with Gallup, he said, you know, this is when, when both of us are cooking, you know, then no one can stop us. And so it's like, right. and that's, so that, to your point, becomes even more important this week with Gilmore essentially being able to lock up Amari and, and Gallup having potentially in Cobb too some opportunities and maybe even Jarwin. Um, and the other thing too is there's some foreshadow here for the playoffs because the Cowboys are not going to have home field, right? So let's assume the Cowboys get the playoffs and don't have home field. So there's a good chance they could be playing in conditions like this, right? Yeah, like, they got to be real. So can this new passing attack perform in these conditions because you get to the playoffs and the Cowboys have been sort of untested to a certain degree in these conditions, especially because they'll play outside against the Giants and Redskins, you know, like who cares? Yeah. yeah. But so this will be a good sort of test. test. Can, yeah. can, but can this offense perform at the level that it needs to, to win in the playoffs, which is have an elite passing game uh, in these conditions. Two guys who I, I really think when you play a guy like Bill Belichick, you know what is what do uh, we we talked about the chameleon nature, but I mean he tries to he tries to take away your greatest strength, and oddly enough, that's Dak, that's not Zeke, but 
you throw some curveballs at him, he might adjust, but you could get him early. And not that Tony Pollard and Blake Jarwin are curveballs, they're are coming out of nowhere, but would be really interesting to see how creative the Cowboys can get. We're not talking about triple reverse play action uh, annexation of Puerto Rico plays, or, but it's just like, yeah, uh, we're talking about finding creative ways to use the seam with Jarwin and just use Tony Pollard. And it's not that I think these are the best players. It's not that I think, you know, it, but these are just, it's it's a little bit of a change of pace. And, um, you know, you don't want to ride those guys for four quarters, but they can give you, an, you know, an early, early shot to the abs or, you know, a, a little... Uh, you know, uppercut to the right. to the chin just to kind of get the blood flowing and uh and 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 sidebar we're gonna talk to Blake Jarwin. I'm bi- I'm a big Jarwin guy. Like I'd like to see them try and utilize him more. I also recognize you've got Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup who are total studs, and I'm not necessarily trying to take the ball out of their hands. And you can only run so many plays right. and, in a game. And people want and people want uh, Tony Pollard involved. Yeah. yeah, and 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 you just can't have everything. I think my as as my thought on this has evolved, you know, there's a place for Jason Garrett or Jason Witten. I don't know about Jason. There's a place Garrett. for <laughs> there's definitely a place for Jason Witten. Right, I agree. Uh, no question. But but there's room for both of them. Not on every play by any means, but they they both like. I, it's funny because Jason Garrett makes a catch. Uh, let's say it's a big third and Witten. six. Sorry, Jason Witten <laughs> makes a catch. Big third and six gets a first down. And you get like the Garrett, the Witten lovers. Gotta keep doing it. The Witten lovers are like, see, told you, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the non Witten lovers are like, well, Jarwin would have gone 17 yards. And then when Jarwin makes a, a, a big catch, the Jarwin guys are, and, and I'm kind of one of them, is like, see, like Jarwin, blah, blah, blah. But they have different roles. No one's asking Jason Witten to stretch the field and be a force beyond 10 yards right. from the line of scrimmage right. up the seam. That's not what he can do anymore. That's what Blake Jarwin can do, and there's a there's a place for both these guys on third and five. I, as much as I love what Blake Jarwin can do, you better believe that I Jason Witten's my guy. Right. It's you know, and 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 so. No, but you're right. I, I think that uh, you know having Jarwin, having having Pollard, and I'll, I'll stop rambling on this. I just think that you got to be creative to beat Bill Belichick. Like most things in life, there's a balance and not polar opposites. You know. Yeah. Witten, Jarwin, yeah. or maybe somewhere in the middle. Uh, and as you'll find out in our conversation now with Blake Jarwin, uh, Blake Jarwin thinks that this team is better with Jason Witten for obvious reasons. All right, uh, Jared Sandler, Ari Temkin, you want to make an official prediction before we get to Blake Jarwin? I'd like to stay consistent with the score I gave on uh, 1053thefan.com. Let me see if I can quickly, but I don't <laughs> so, know. So, um, you know, you're, you are, you're, you're, you know, you're so convinced by the score you've picked, you remember it verbatim. Well, you know, I almost nailed that. I said twenty seven, twenty four Vikings, and I've never, I've never once like gotten for like a, a a game like I never get the score right. You know, I always throw out like random numbers. Uh, so I, now, you, now you realize you're really good at it. No, no, now it's it. like no, it's it's like you know when you I don't play golf a ton, but you have a a big shot or a good shot, and you're constantly chasing that shot for the rest of the oh, round. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's like what I'm doing here. So I I predicted. Uh, Patriots 27, Cowboys 17. So as much as I'd love to see uh, Dak have a big-time offensive game, I'm not necessarily predicting that it's it's going to happen. To hear my official prediction, make sure to listen to the official pregame show of the Dallas Cowboys at 105 Through the Fan, myself and Brian Broaddus. I'm very excited. We're going to start at 3 o'clock. Who do you guys start? Right, we're going to start at 12 o'clock. Yeah, you're definitely not starting at 3. 3 o'clock kickoff. You'd be stealing money if you're We've starting got at 3. Brad and Babe and Christy and Mickey and Fish and Mike Pereira. 
Oh, I love. I think he does a great job. I really and do. And the play-by-play man of the New England Patriots, Bob Sochi or Soki or Saki. You're not getting Scott Zolak. I guess not. Bob Sochi, S O C C I. It's got to be Sochi. What right? about Aaron? You're not getting Aaron. Aaron Andrews. No. Is this a CBS? Jared, or a I just Fox told game? you who we're getting. Okay. Is this a CBS or a Fox game? CBS. Fox. Oh. Okay. Well, CBS Fox. Seems like we got. Yeah. It's combo. <laughs> it's a CBS Fox game. You know they used to it used to be used to know the road is always right. the road team, but right. now it would be Fox under the normal circumstances. But now that we got Thursday Night Football expanding their reach and whatnot, it's it's totally changing. Up you, is down, left yeah. is right, in really is crazy. out. It's on Fox. This is I've enjoyed this episode. This has maybe been the most like wheels off episode that we've had in terms of like kind of being all over the place, and it's probably getting edited out. But just for everyone, full disclosure, there was a time Ari asked me a question, and I was totally <laughs> locked in on a text I got, and I had no clue what he asked me. You're gonna like, you're gonna go back and listen, like wonder where that was, and, and Ari's probably he edited it out in a way that you don't know. But I, this was I fun. believe we get in. Uh, please do. I mean, at this point, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it was, uh, it was the highlight of the show thus far. Let's talk to Blake Jarwin on Star Chat here, uh, Cowboys tight end. Do you know how many receptions you had at Oklahoma State? Not a lot, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, no, you know, we had so many weapons out there. Similar to here, you know, we got a, a lot of guys that can catch the ball. Uh, but the uh, the Big 12 defenses aren't the same, you know. At least here we, we kind of get throwing the ball a little bit more. But, uh, you know, 20 to 40, I think, altogether. A few touchdowns in there somewhere. So, I mean, what was, you know, what got you on the field? Was it blocking? What, I mean, was that was that kind of? Yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of a, we called it the cowboy back. So, I was a tight end mostly, but I could play fullback. And if we needed, I could play receiver inside or outside. So, it was kind of just one of those positions where, uh, I thought I was versatile enough to be out there, and uh, they did too. So, you know, I got to play like that. Um, got to play with a lot of talented guys out there. You see what you've developed now into as a pass catcher. We saw the Giants game down the season last year and the capabilities you have as a pass catcher. Where'd that come from, considering what you didn't do in college? Yeah, no, I, I've always thought that, uh, you know, I've had that ability. Uh, they've just done a good job kind of helping me grow into that, find confidence in that role, uh, of course. But in that, I got I still got to work on my block and be, you know, consistent in that as well to be able to be out there on the field at all times. And, you know, I'm learning a lot from Witt still, him being here back. Uh, it's been good for me. Yeah, is it weird to have him back? I mean, you've been here without him. You've been here with him. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, I definitely think it's it's helped me uh, to have that year without him and then now he's back because I got that on-field experience I don't know if I would have gotten. So, uh, that, like I said, now I can kind of sit there and we can talk, you know, uh, talk ball like, hey, I've been in this. What do you think, Whit? Or even in practice, you know, hey, like, what are you thinking right there? Just to have that, like a guy with 15 years under his belt that can do that. And uh, a lot of guys aren't, in this league aren't blessed with that. So, uh, you know, me and Schultz and Cole, we're, we're happy for sure. Is it weird that, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, and yet there's people like Blake Jarwin needs to see more snaps, Jason Witt needs to see less snaps. Is that weird for you? Yeah, I try not to pay too much attention. Uh, you know, he, he's, he plays because, you know, he, he goes about the right way, and he's still, you know, he's a good player. Uh, I've got a long way to go. I'm still learning a lot. And to see him, how he does things out there, I'm learning. I'm still progressing as a player, uh, even though I'm not getting the on-the-field reps, I'm getting the mental reps. So uh, I don't, you know, I try not to listen to all that. You know, it's great to have the fans and all that, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, he puts us in a good spot to win games. Did you guys miss that last year, all the stuff about, you know, having the, the, the Q&A to, to jump off of and that kind of thing? Yeah, Nuss does a good job. Our tight ends coach does a really good job kind of helping the young guys prepare. We meet, you know, at different times of the, of the week uh, just to kind of get that extra information that maybe Witt doesn't always need. You know, he's not in special teams, so he's got that time to go over with Nuss without us. But, uh, yeah, definitely having him in the room, 
uh, like yesterday, we went over something and we didn't really see eye to eye with a lot of guys. So we went to our tight end room and talked about it, all four of us. So just to have that kind of tight-knit camaraderie and him leading the way, is, it's incredible that he does that with the young guys. How has your game grown since the beginning of last year? Yeah, I think uh, just building confidence, uh, building experience with that uh, comes confidence. So um, it's been great. Uh, like I said, have a guy like that in the room. You kind of just want to mirror what he does on the field. And then the preparation that he has off the field is incredible. So I kind of just try to follow and see what he does and, and mirror as much as I can. What about Dak? How have you seen him grow in the you know, time you've been here? Yeah, just a natural leader. Uh, since I was here as a rookie, he's been that way even as a young player. And he's continued to grow and just... You want he's the guy you want with the ball in his hand in two minute drill. You know he's he's a guy that I follow in anywhere, and uh, you know uh, I'm excited about where he's taking this team. Is it weird that now he's be he's being mentioned in the MVP discussion? And and yeah, I mean because he's been playing this level right. all season. Right. No, I don't think it's weird. Uh, we've seen the preparation, the consistency from him. Uh, like I said, just a, a bo- natural born leader. He does a great job uh, just making sure we're motivated week in and week out, and uh, that we're ready for the big moments. You still follow Oklahoma State? I do. Yeah, I got an Oklahoma State wrestling shirt on actually. Right oh, now. nice. Yeah, not. A bad wrestling program. No, and they just had a heck of a recruiting class. So I'm excited to see them in the, in the few uh, years coming. What about Mike Gundy? You still keep in touch with him? Uh, a little bit. Uh, not, not as much him. I know he's busy. Uh, right. you know, but the, the strength coach is my tight ends coach. Yeah, I talk to them regularly. And you still you watch him every Saturday or try to? I try to, yeah. When we're not traveling on the road, I'm, I'm trying to tune in for sure. What do you think about Spencer Sanders? Uh, he's a good player. Uh, athletic. Uh, kind of J.W. Walshish. I don't know if you remember watching him. Yeah. Ball, but, uh, has that ability to run and pass. So uh, it's, it's been fun. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, though, and he's a ball player in the backfield he's uh he's so he's not even we've been talking i host on sirius xm for big 12 radio also and like nobody's even mentioning chuba in the heisman and he he's, finally got some love i think this week he, he came out on the top four the little tweets that you can do like i vote for chuba so uh definitely had to get that out there for him but, but like it's quarterbacks and then jonathan taylor who i get but he chuba's having a better year than he is right right yeah he, by far you know uh, <laughs> right. he's got some some serious talent uh he's exciting to watch you know it was a bad week for him last week like 122 yards right, and two touchdowns right. so you got a guy like that on the field that can make plays like that. It kind of opens up the offense. So uh, I'm excited to see him come. I think it's West Virginia this week and yep. then Bedlam, obviously. So I'll be, I'll be watching both. Do you root for Oklahoma? I know there's a rivalry there, but there's also the instant. Do you root for OU? Uh, you know, Are you, do you want to see them make the playoff? I had a deep hatred, obviously, coming out. Uh, you know, Bedlam kind of creates that inside right. of you. But kind of as I get further away, I'm still, you know, obviously massive OSU, but yeah, I like to see them do good. When they do good, our conference is good. Yeah. And so uh, when you got that, it, it makes the whole Big 12 look good. So uh, I'm not sure how the, the playoff will shake out. It's not looking good for the Big 12, but yeah, right. if they get in, you know, it's, it's big for our conference. Um, and then uh, obviously OSU as well, so move up in the next, the next part. Thanks, man. Yeah. The pre-game show starts at 12 at 105.3 The Fan. Enjoy the game, and we will talk to you next week on Star Chat. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.